Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Bergio, and I'm super excited for today's guest. She's made quite a name for herself in the beauty industry, and I'm just always jazzed to have conversations with people doing the things, right? Like doing the things and not just talking about doing the things. And so hopefully she's going to share all of her tips and tricks and success stories and maybe the stuff that didn't work out that she tried um, and share all that with us today. So Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to chat with everybody. It's so cool because I feel like I was just, you know, kind of going over what we were going to chat about today with her. And when you, when you hear all of the things that you've accomplished in your career, which your career is fairly short in the grand scheme of like career length. Right. And I just, I want to read to you while you're on here. Some people love to do the edifying or the entry when people like are on the show, but I, I love to read it in front of my guests because often you're like, that's me. Like, you know, and I think it's always great to just like really be reminded of what you've accomplished because sometimes I know as hard as you probably work, it's not, you don't always stop and like, think like, look at me go. It's like, what else are you doing? Grind, grind, grind. So okay. specialist. she's based out of Oklahoma. She's been behind the chair for about seven years. She is not only a member of the BTC team, she is also on the salon centric team. She was a 2019 modern salon top 100, three-time finalist for in 2021 for the one shot hair award. So if I'm speaking a different language, if you're not in the hair industry, <laughs> all really big deals by the way. So uh, kudos to you and top five in the cool balayage category. So I think you, the level of play that you're in, in the game, like that is exactly why, like I wanted to showcase what is possible. And I was telling Sam too, like, I'm jealous that I started the, my career so early because none of this existed. Like we didn't have, we had in-person hair shows, but we didn't, we didn't have stuff like this. So she loves to connect and inspire. And that's why she's on the show today. So again, Sam, welcome to the show. So can you talk us a little bit through your journey getting into the hair industry and like what that looked like from the beginning. Yeah. So I have been doing hair for seven years and I think that I came into it like right before social media really took off. Um, I can't remember. I was talking to someone the other day, exactly when all the Instagram started, but I really think it was like a year, maybe a year and a half after I got out of hair school which was perfect because like you were saying, there used to not be anything like it. Um, my mom actually did hair and she now owns a cosmetology school where I'm from. So whenever I was younger, I saw her going to hair shows and doing all of those different things. But yeah, there was no social aspect of it. Um, I, I kind of started a little bit late. So I went to college first and I'm glad that I did just because I learned a lot about myself and it allowed me to grow up a little bit out of high school. Um, and also, I think another reason that I went a little late to the game was because I really believed that I was meant to be on social media. Like, I know that sounds kind of, kind of weird, but I went to school for graphic design and it just kind of all flows together. It definitely does. And I feel like that's the like missing component for so many, like, I, I hate calling myself like an old timer. Cause I'm like, I'm only 40, but that yeah, you're not an old timer at all. When I, listen, when I was in media school, 40 was like dead. You were dead. Like, we were, like, <laughs> you weren't even here anymore. <laughs> I was 19, but your story is so like one that I feel like 
And I hope, I, I wonder if your mom would agree because my goal is to one day own a beauty school as well, just mm -hmm. so that we can empower people in this industry to have tools like you learned, like graphic designs, like you kind of need that now to, to be a big player in the game. So you can learn your own marketing. You can learn how to build a brand. You can learn how to speak on your own behalf to mm -hmm. build something and not just float along in the industry with no direction. Right. Yeah. I think there is something to like the creative there's, you know, of course all hairstylists are creative, but I think there's like a digital creative as well. Um, and I, I know that for my mom's school, I go and teach classes there some like maybe once a month or so. Um, and I definitely need to do it more because there's just so much to, to teach in that area. Like, and some of it, I feel like almost needs to be watched it's, it's hard to really put it into words and it, it might be easier for people to just see someone's creative brain in yes. the process, you know? Right. And watch them walk through, like not only doing the work, but then, you know, deciding on the photos mm -hmm. and bringing that to life and then writing the copy that goes along with it. Like there's so many lovely, there's so many like, um, avenues to making what you do stick and stand out. And I think it's mm -hmm. all trial and error because you still have to show up and be yourself, but there's a formula and a system that I think if people could learn that basic, that they could then make it their own. It's like learning a haircut, right? You learn how to cut the straight line, you learn what goes in the box, and then you can make it your own. Same with color and all of that kind of stuff. Like you have to know the basics before you can expand on it. Yeah. And whenever I very first started posting, it was more like the posts that were named after like a Starbucks drink or, you know, just some quick little catchy like two word sentence. Um, but then a couple of years into it, maybe like a year and a half in, I started switching more toward education. And that's when I really felt like my page took off. And I felt like, you know, I saw the most result out of my social media after that. Um, and now I think that those catchy little one word or two word sentences, they don't do near as well as the educational side, because I think hairstylists just crave that knowledge and crave, you know, learning more and pushing themselves out of their comfort zones. I agree. And I think anytime, you know, and that's why like moving into this coaching mentoring space for me is literally just to like, let them see under the hood. Like, how does it work? Yeah. Like, and that's, it's interesting because when, when I started out, you didn't share formulas. You, mm -hmm. you wouldn't even think of telling someone how you did this for fear someone would steal your client. I'm like, well, but she's in Alaska. So like, right. you know, yeah, so she's not going to take my client from there. But again, we weren't posting on platforms like this. It didn't exist to talk to people outside of your local area. And so, you know, I mean, to think where we've grown in, even the, in my career in the last 20 years as to what's mm -hmm. going on now and showcasing the education. And I mean, colors change, formulas have changed, like the way we wear our hair has changed. So mm -hmm. I think being able to adapt into that and, and yes, I agree with you when it comes to education, like people just crave that in our industry, like so much so that they're willing now I see to pay top dollar to go to local classes or to go travel to classes, pay for virtual classes. Right. Yeah. And I think too, another thing social media has really done for me personally is I'm from a very small town. Um, like there are just fields of grass on either side of me when I'm driving. Um, there's about 4,000 people in the town where I'm from, one stoplight. Um, and so for me, I always wanted to do something more than just work behind the chair. Um, but I didn't have any like connections, you know, my mom, of course, owns the school, but 
she didn't really know how to get into like the influencing side of the industry when it started. Um, and the only thing I knew to do was start posting. And I really feel like it's all because of Instagram that I've, I've gotten to have all of those things you named earlier, like be in the top 100 of the one shot awards and be a modern salon top 100. All of that I truly do owe to social media because otherwise I would just be a girl from a small town that was just loving her job working behind the chair. Right. No. And that's the beautiful thing about being able to compete with people. Like you used to have to move to New York or LA to like even yeah. get your foot. In, and even then you wouldn't, you know, it was like, no, luck. yeah, just way yeah. too. There's so much competition, so much competition. And I think being able to stand out, like I hear, you know, for early stage entrepreneurs, like whether you're in this industry or you're doing something that you're just starting out, like the excuse comes a lot where I'm in a small town. I don't have a network. I don't have access to any of that. And to those people, you know, cause I coach a lot, not only in the industry, but you know, early stage entrepreneurs, I, I, I tell them this is why, you know, virtual and doing programs and getting into masterminds or, or getting around people that are doing stuff, taking the time to invest and fly where that is to build your network. Like you have to talk to people to build your network, like right. you can't build a network otherwise. Yeah. And you know, that kind of goes into one thing is that I'm I'm actually kind of shy. Like I like and refuel when I'm talking to people, but just naturally I'm kind of more reserved and shy. And so social media for me also allowed me to create this like person for myself that I wanted to be. And then once that person was created, I started kind of living up to that person. I know that that sounds kind of weird, but that's really how it went. And in the steps of it all is that I created who I wanted to be. And then I had to live up to it once I created it. That is so powerful. I hope people listening, like really can like sit with that for a second, because often I think it's done the opposite way where mm -hmm. I think we need to become that version of who we think we should be. And then we can show up like that. And yeah. I, you know, I mean, I don't love or hate the phrase fake it till you make it, but you know, there's, there's famous people that go into like Sasha Fierce, you know, Beyonce has to have this alter ego. JLo has one like that they, that they morph into when it's time to show up and do what needs to get done. And I think having two separate versions of yourself that you can, when you're off and you're mm -hmm. home, you get to be this, you know, more shy, quiet, introverted person. But when you're on, you're on. And mm -hmm. I find that for a lot of people in the industry, we think we're extroverts, but a lot of us are introverts and we spend the majority of our day giving all of our energy to our clients. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it ruined a couple of my early relationships because I'd get home and I'd be like, don't touch me or talk yeah. to me. <laughs> you it know, yeah, I couldn't figure out what it was. And so, um, with all of the stuff that you have going on with your business, like how do you navigate you know, your personal life, doing all the things that you do on social and like, do you have any help or what does that look like for you? How do you, how do you roll these days? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I'm constantly trying to find a balance, but I've, I've just come to kind of accept that there's really not one. But, um, the one thing that I have realized about myself is that I have days where I'm really, really creative and really, really like energized and motivated. And then I have days where like, I feel like I'm in a fog. And so I've really started to like, listen to myself. And on those days where I feel like I can't do things, you know, used to, I would just force myself and it would just take all of my energy, like you were saying away. 
Um, but now I've gotten to where I give it all I can on those motivated days. And on the days where I don't feel that way, I just, I rest and I, I kind of remove myself from it because then I don't get burnt out, you know, then I can refuel and come back a hundred times better. I love that. So that's kind of like, I guess you could say one of your non-negotiables, like you listen intuitively to what it is that you need. And I find like a lot of people in our industry operate that way. Like we can map out a schedule all day long, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Um, how many days are you behind the chair now? I work behind the chair. I used last year, I worked three days a week this year. I'm going to work two days a week and really put in, you know, the time at home to, create content and to respond to people. I mean, there's just so much to do now. It's, it was just getting to the point where I needed to take another day to do like my office work. Um, but yeah, I think that for so long I did it to where I really went through a burnout phase, like probably, I don't know, in 2000, right before the pandemic, all of that happened, I actually went through a divorce and it was that, that really kind of forced me to sit in my feelings and sit in, you know, my current state. Whereas leading up to that divorce, all of the, the energy that I had in my marriage was all put toward my social media, which I do owe my marriage to, I think my success and growth in social media, because honestly, I was like running on autopilot. Like I was just going to the point where I don't even know looking back how I was functioning, but I just had all this energy fueling me. Um, and that created a lot of burnout and forced me to really have to figure out a balance somewhat. Right. And it's almost like the balance isn't the thing. I think prioritizing what's important and what's the needle movers in both your life and your business. When we get clear about what those things are, you know, people, we talk about motivation all day long. Like when I used Mm -hmm. to eat and it's like, how are you motivated? I'm like, I'm not, I just know the things that need to get done. And so the dedication and the determination to like commit to the things I said I was going to do, because I know if I do these things, everything else will be easier because of it. Right. Right. And it's like so many people think they're doing the work when it comes to stuff like this and they're trying to grow and they're trying to post and all this stuff, but there's no plan and there's no strategy to it. So yeah, they're doing a lot of stuff, but they're not having the results say like that you're having. So mm-hmm. what would you say to someone who thinks they're doing, and they might be doing a good amount of it, but they haven't picked up traction yet, or they are still feeling burnt out, or they're still not seeing the benefits or the rewards of doing all of the stuff that they think they need to be doing. Yeah, I think you're so right on the like prioritizing what's important and staying organized, because I really think that's the trick to it. Um I feel like naturally, I don't think I'm a very organized person, but I had to become that way because like I said, when I was married, I was in this fog and, you know, I knew what what I was working toward, but I just, I couldn't figure out how to like make the time to do it. So I just started scheduling it. Um, And once I scheduled it, I'm good at sticking to a plan. So I, I really stuck to what I was writing down on paper. And I think pen to paper helps a lot too, to really jot those things down and follow that checklist. Um, Because sometimes if we keep our checklist on our cell phone, I know for me, I'll veer off onto Instagram or TikTok or just Pinterest, anything other than what I'm 
they're trying to do, but the pen and paper trick really helps. Um, and also just staying consistent. Like if you can only post three days a week, I think that sticking to that three days a week is key because Instagram and all social media really gives you, um, like pushes your content if you're giving them consistency. Right. Right. And that's the thing. Like it's not all or nothing. It's not seven days a week or bust. Right. Like it is, it is so much just being consistent. And I think that's with anything, right? Like if you're yeah. doing work behind the chair and your clients coming to you and every time you give them a different haircut, even though they are asking for the same one, like they're yeah. not going to keep coming back. So right. Consistency, I think, is one thing that I've noticed that is just along the lines of everyone who's doing well in their own personal right is some form of massive consistency because the accountability part, like we can we can say we're going to do something all day long, but if it doesn't mm-hmm. get done, then that it's not it's it's not helping you at all. So, what does it look like now? How do you plan out your weeks, and where where's the strategy behind what you're doing and how you're growing? So. What I've really found that works is that I keep a list of content. Like if I have an idea come to my brain, like whether I'm driving down the road or just taking a bath, whatever, I'll put that in my phone. And then throughout the week, like I'll sit down on like a Sunday and see the clients that I have coming in and I'll kind of pair those clients with the content ideas that I have. Um, and I'll, I'll really get specific with the idea. So I'll say like, if I want to use someone for foil placement, like I'll say a close up of this area. And then I'll say like pulling the foils out and I'll make like little checklists and I'll, I'll refer back to that throughout the appointment and really make sure I'm getting all of those things. Because I think sometimes in the salon, we get busy talking to our clients and we get home and we're like, oh no, I forgot to take this. And so then all of your ideas are just thrown away, you know? Um, and I've, I've really found that that helps me personally and also scheduling days. So like how I work at home some days, I think that's helped me a ton because my brain isn't just going a hundred miles an hour all the time. Um, so whereas before I was in the salon half day would come home and try to bust out content. Now I'll wake up and I'll know that, okay, today I'm going to make three videos or four videos and I'll just put all of my focus on that. I, I don't do very well hopping back and forth at all. Um, some people are like my mom, she's a great multitasker. I like shut down. I cannot literally cannot function trying to do two things. So I've had to kind of find that balance. Yeah. I think that I'm, I'm like that too. Um, because it's the couple things that you said, doing the list on your phone, like mm-hmm. someone's going to text you, the phone's going to ring. Like when you were in task mode or you carved out one hour to do said two, three videos or to take notes or to whatever it is, like put it on do not disturb so that like you yeah. actually can commit to that hour. Like shut yourself in a room if you have kids or family or people or dogs barking, mm-hmm. like really you can get so much done if you just concentrate on that time. And I learned the hard way with um, time blocking my days. I used to try to do a couple podcasts before I would start my day at the salon and then like try to knock something out of the evening. And I mean, nothing was getting done well. 
It was a bunch yeah, and, and your heart, like, I feel like my heart rate is so fast when I'm trying to do all that. Like you're on a podcast before you go in the salon and you're thinking in your head, oh my gosh, I only have this much time. Like, am I going to get to eat lunch? So you're not giving anything your full attention. Everything's just halfway done. Yeah. I would really say that this podcast got 10 times a more fun, right? Cause if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. Right. And just like my connection with the guest or whoever I'm talking to like 10 times better because I'm not, my phone's on do not disturb. Like I'm not paying attention to anything, but what, I mean, I take notes during almost half of like my podcast up because I'm like, I'm learning too. It's, I mean, right. never, you don't know what you don't know. And I'm never too seasoned or anything to like learn from somebody else. And so, yes. yeah, I learned from my mentor when he taught us the, the day time blocking. I was like, I can't only, I only do hair one day a week now. And that's mm-hmm. really because I enjoy it. And mm-hmm you know, everything else has like its own days. And when people ask me questions, I'm like, Oh, Tuesday, I'm doing that. Like I already know what the day is. So Mm -hmm. it it makes scheduling your life around the things that you want to get done, like so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the more things you add to your plate, I think that, you know, that's what I meant earlier when I said I was forced to be organized because the more you add to your plate and the more, like the bigger your goals and dreams are like, eventually you do have to just buckle down and schedule things out because otherwise, I mean, it's like those little top toys that spin. Like that's, that's how I felt just like spinning out of control, literally out of control. So have you learned to say, were you like a yes person before? Are you better now at saying no to certain things that pop up when you know you have things that need to like get out or get done or timeline crunches? Like, how do you operate like that? Cause I know you know, most of us are social creatures, you know, by nature. And it's like, you want to say yes to all the things. Like, how do you navigate what, what you give space for and what you don't? Yeah. So I don't know if I'm really like a yes person, but I am like a, like, I feel guilty person. I don't know what that would be called, but so I, like, I will say no to things, but then I'll sit at home and be like, very sad that I said no or worried about like how that person's going to feel. Um, and so I end up like going or sending text messages, like apologizing a million times. Um, but I truly do think that like the lockdown and going through a divorce, like right before that helped me realize like what I have the energy for. I think that really opened my eyes to so much. And I know that it was the same way for a lot of other people whenever everything shut down, like you really sat down and thought about life and thought about, you know, what's important, what's not. But so I don't know if I'm all the way. Yes. I'm just a, I feel guilty. Yeah, no. And I hear you because I have the FOMO. Like not only do I feel guilty for to say no to somebody, I then will like you sit at home and have like a little bit of like, oh, dang it. Like I'm missing all the fun or, you know, mm-hmm. I went on that trip with everybody. But you know, when I, when I don't, stick to the things that like, I know I want to get done. Then I have the guilt on the other end with the business and my goals. And then I'm like mad at myself. And so then I'm like, you're in that puddle of like, there's my little spinner over here. Even if I go to the party or go to the vacation, I can't relax because I would rather, or I know I should be doing the other things. So I think that's been like, at least for me getting traction with this is like learning learning how to shut off all of that stuff, knowing that life is going to keep going on and that you're not going to miss things. Cause I know so many people that get so easily distracted and it's like, I know mm-hmm. that why they're not where they want to be. Yeah. And like you said earlier, like some of your relationships, whether it was family or like, like 
a partner relationship that those struggled because you know if you're a workaholic like I know I'm a workaholic then we do kind of prioritize our work over our personal relationships and I think that's been the hardest adjustment for me especially since my divorce and everything that I'm you know the person I'm dating now I've really had to learn how to make time for that because you know I'm not 100% innocent in the divorce either and I do think that everything that happened you know could have been as a result of me not giving enough attention to that relationship in all honesty definitely I hear you um, same, similar situation. So I, I feel you on that, but I, I think, you know, anytime you go through a big growth phase in your life, like it, it's, it becomes like a different version of you. And so mm-hmm. that's why, like, whenever I have relationship conversations with any of my coaching clients and they are struggling with something similar, you know, I got, this has probably been my son's 10 now. So it's been several years, but it's still like, because there's another little human involved, like there's that ebb and flow of like, what, where your attention is going, but as you grow, you do, you become a different person. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, how do you, how do you bring that other person with you? Or how do you evolve into the space that you are? And so I think a lot of people can come around that. Um, So how do you like process through each phase that you've grown into? Is there any sort of like, we talked about non-negotiable, are you, do you have ways that you support yourself in this? Like, because you've grown quite a bit over the last couple of years, like into Mm -hmm. the success that you have and just like the woman that you're becoming. Yeah. So I think that talking about things like just to anyone, clients, um, like cowork, just literally anybody that you can talk to, people really do care a lot more than I think we realize. And I was never someone, you know, the old school mentality is you leave your problems at the door. Like I learned that in hair school. So many people told me that. And whenever I went through what I did, I literally couldn't leave those problems at the door because it was all over me. Like you could look at me from the outside and just see the hurt and like the, like I was really just so spaced out and so um, traumatized, honestly. And anyways, so people started asking me like, are you okay? Or, you know, what happened? Or can I mow your yard for you? I mean, so many people were coming forward to help. And I think it was in that moment that I really realized how, how much people do care because before I thought, you know, I'm not going to talk about this because I don't want to like bring the mood down, but really you'd be surprised how many are, are going through similar things or have been through similar things. And it just opens up so much vulnerability between you and whoever it is. Um, but I think that that is honestly the biggest growth thing that I've learned in the last two years is to just be honest with your feelings and really feel them and not try to appear so perfect. Like I think so many are used to doing. I love that. I love that you shared that. Thank you for that. I feel I learned the same thing. Like it was like, leave your problems out the door. Now there are certain things that I think should not be talked about at the salon in front of other people. Definitely. I'm sure you have, we have our boundaries, right? But I think when it comes to having like real connections with your clients, I, I saw a post recently that said like, it was so like hard up on having that kind of relationship. Like I'm not your friend, like the clients are not your friend. And I'm like, I've had some of these clients for 20 years. They are my friends. Yeah. They're like family. Yeah. And I have boundaries with family as well. So like I don't have a lot of my family outside of holidays or whatever. So like with clients, 
I don't get drinks with my clients necessarily or hang out with all of them. I spend two, three hours with them every five, six, eight, ten 10 weeks. So I see them more than a lot of my family, but yeah, really you get very close with them. Like, you know, a lot about their kids or their relationship, just literally everything about them. It's, it's crazy because although they're not like friends, they are, they're family. Yes, they are like family. And I, I think genuinely being able to connect with your clients is one of the things that will create like lifelong retention, obviously. And just, mm-hmm. you're right. People do want to hold space and people like clients want to see you win cope people in this industry now want to see each other winning. We all, I think are yeah. of up leveling the industry and just being vulnerable and sharing formulas and sharing how you got where you're at and teaching people, you know, mm-hmm. you now know, no one knew this before that there's enough of all of it to go around. Right. right. <laughs> enough right. Success, there's enough awards. There's enough clients. There's enough money. There's enough everything. So right. I love that you know, people like you are showing what's possible and then also, you know, just sharing and adding value and teaching. So what are you up to now? Are you, you said you got some classes in the works. Can you share that with us? So if anybody wants to get in on them. Yeah. So I am doing classes with, um, her Instagram handle is hair by Jay Park. Her name's Jamie. And we are doing, I think we have seven classes left there is a link in my Instagram bio with all of that information, but they are um, like, she's kind of into the blonde, like brunette type look. And I do the blonding. And I think that she and I met at the behind the chair show and we really just hit it off there. Um, we bonded from being from a small town and kind of using social media to, to get nominated for that show. And we just really, we connected later on Instagram and um, it's crazy how like similar you are to people from other parts of the world that you never would have met if it wasn't for social media. But um, yeah. And we talk about social media in the classes. We talk about like formulations, um, photo and video tips, all of it. So definitely check that out. That sounds amazing. I love that. And I feel like, you know, it's like going to cutting classes. There's always like several ways to get from A to B. So the more tools you have in your tool belt, when something pops up, like learning the way Sam and her are going to do stuff, like is so key to the success of like growing your own personal brand, which I think is so important in this industry. Can you kind of backtrack a little bit where you started to take off on social media and what were some of the things that propelled you and you saw like a massive jump? Was it when you started entering into some of these competitions? Was it when you became a finalist? Like what really pushed you from kind of some momentum to where you are now? Yeah. Um, I always say that I think a lot of Instagram is luck, but, but really I think it's more the consistency. So I think that, um, whenever I started, I'm all, I'm really like an all or nothing type person. So I posted every single day when I started. Um, but it really was when the educating started on my page that I saw it start taking off. Um, I post a lot of like, like map or like graph images on my page. And I like will post tones of hair for like clients to view or stylists. And I think that those posts really are what made it take off because I think people were saving them to show their stylists or to show coworkers. Um, and that's really the content that Instagram wants you creating. Um, the more your posts get saved or sent to other people, the more value that they see in it. And they'll just continue to push that image or that video out there for others. 
Right. It's like one piece of content can live and grow and grow and grow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the, some of the graphs that I posted early on, like I'll repost them as like a fillers here and there on my page and they still do extremely well. And I've been posting them for like a solid year, you know, maybe like every three months or something, but it's crazy how, um, how well those, those little charts do for me. Yeah. And I think it helps break down like our, our creative brains into this is how you do the thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And like touch on that for one second, like repurposing content, because I feel like a lot of people think they have to rewrite the fucking book every single time they post yeah. something. And I'm like, that's, you guys are overworking. And it's like, how do you go through the content? You just look at what's produced and what's done well, and then just kind of reshare it, reword it. How do you work and repurpose the content that you do see doing well? Yeah. So whenever I don't have an assistant in the salon. So when I'm filming, I will film like longer clips versus shorter ones, um, which is just a personal preference. But for me, I'm able to take like a three to five minute video and break it into like five to six different, you know, 30 second reels. Or sometimes I'll even like screenshot the video and use it as a photo. Um, But yeah, I think that that's one thing that is intimidating to newer stylists is like, oh, I don't have a full book or, you know, I don't have anyone to help me. But I just have this tripod from Amazon that it has this gooseneck attachment and it gets all the angles that I need it to get. Um, And I, I use my iPhone. I don't have like a camera or anything like that. Um, But you really don't need a full book. You just need to have that creative eye and to, to snap a couple of different photos. And yeah, like you said, change the caption up or, you know, add like a side-by-side here and there, and you really can just post it throughout your page. Um, And a lot of times people that are following you, they maybe have just started. So they haven't seen that content at all. Um, And if you wait long enough, even the ones that have, they, they kind of forget about it. Definitely. Cause they're just, scroll holing anyway yeah. most of the time and yeah. I, I mean you you read things all the time that people have to see things multiple times before they either click on it actually read it buy it or you know start to build it builds trust when people see consistent stuff like that from you even if it's the same thing like it's right. keeping on brand it's keeping on trend and it's still delivering value when you're just sharing how you got from A to B. So I love that. Those are all such great tips. I hope you guys are taking notes if you're listening and not driving. Um, Sam, is there anything you want to leave our people with, you know, cause I speak to mostly people in the industry. Do you have any parting words or words of advice that have sat with you? Yeah. So I always say this in my classes that you're never going to know like all the opportunities that could come if you don't try. Um, I promise you that whenever I started my page, I was terrified. Like I, I didn't really know what all could come of it, but I knew it was, it was vulnerable in a sense. Um, and I am so glad that three years ago that I took that leap and created my page and got myself to where I'm at now. Um, but don't be so hard on yourself either when you're posting. I I say that, but I know that I'm still hard on myself too. Um, but I have gotten so much better over the years because everyone that's looking at your page is not looking at it like you are, you know, we, we really, really critique our stuff so much more than we need to. And I'm like, some of the content I wasn't even ever going to post is what's done the best for me. So just, if I could give anyone advice, it would be take a risk and give it 
six months or even three months of consistency. And I truly do believe that opportunities will find you. Um, and you don't even have to know what those are yet. I think that if you're genuine and if you have good intentions in it, that good things are going to come to you and you're going to be so glad that you did looking back. Oof. Amen. Tell them girl. (laughs) So much empowerment in everything that you just said. And, you know, Start with what you have, where you are, and reach out to people doing the things that you want to be doing because people are more than willing to help people out. And if not for free, if they've got something that you can purchase and invest in, that's the that's the era we're in now. You you paid to get ahead. You pay to look under the hood to get skip the line to f- figure out the thing. So um, yeah, I think that like what you just said. I think the one thing about myself that I've always been is curious. And so early on, like I like you just mentioned, I was reaching out to people doing what I wanted to do. And I know a lot of people that I've mentioned that to have have said back to me that they're scared to do that. But I promise you, like the worst thing they could do is not respond. And if they don't respond, just ask somebody else. Like, I think that curiosity and, and just really searching out answers, there's nothing wrong with that. That actually is what's going to set you apart from others that aren't willing to do that. So definitely ask. A hundred percent. I could not agree with you more. Like just ask. Mm -hmm. Um, So as far as goals for you like I'm always curious like what is your plan like you've got classes going on now you're down to two days a week in the salon what are you creating what are you up to as far as like what's the grand scheme of where where Samantha's headed yeah I think that this is like a question that I'm always asking myself is what like the long-term goal is and honestly I think that my long-term goal is to bring awareness to the fact that like getting feelings out, like the mental health side of this industry. I think that, um, that was something that held me back for years. And so it's something I talk about in my classes and something that I want to get out there to as many people as possible. Um, I just, I really want to spend time moving forward, creating, um, valuable content that also leads into not only hair, but into the mental health side of things. Um, and I want to, to make it a point to connect with as many people as possible, because I really, really like talking to people and getting going beyond the surface with them. Um, And then of course, continuing to do classes and hopefully um, just other opportunities will, will come to me as I do that. I love that. Um, I see a podcast in your future talking about. I would love that. Yes. Hey, ask it. I'll help you with anything I can. Yes. Awesome. I gotta, see, that's a, that's one thing. You got to make time to do those things. So I, I took a big step. And although it was like, is this the right thing for me to do to take another day off? Because ultimately I'm going to have to lose a couple of clients because of that. Um, but I really think that this is something that's been pulling at me for a while. And I'm, I'm ready to see what, what the future has for me. Yes. They, there's like a quote, I'm going to butcher it, but like <laughs> if your hands are so full with all the things that you're doing and the perfect opportunity literally is being handed to you, but you're, you're like, I can't put this yeah. hold down to grab it because so you've got to put something down sometimes to make space for what's possible and what's out there. And I think that's so much easier said than done. But when you create sure. that space for the magic, like I promise you, just like she said, like the, 
beyond what you think is possible for you, things will come into your vision because we can have a plan, but God's plan is just like, just kidding here. This is what's really going to happen. And you're here, like, let me hit you with all this first. Yeah. And I think it's crazy that you said that about like the podcast. Cause that was something on my, um, goal list before like the pandemic and stuff and my divorce. But I really think it took me the last two, like a year and a half, two years to get to a point where I could talk about things without crying or really open up. And so, like you said, God just puts things in your life whenever they're meant to be there. Um, and I'm only, it's only 14 days into this new year. And I truly feel like I can see the stuff happening that I've wanted to happen for so long. So I love that. We're on our way. <laughs> yes. I love that for you. So I'm going to send you all the good vibes along with everyone. Yes. If you guys love this episode, please tag us, share with us your ahas, whatever you felt, you know, touched you or could help you. We want to hear from you. Tell Sam how much you love this episode and myself. If you don't already, please subscribe, rate and review because everything means the world to help us grow this podcast to get out to more people. Sam, thank you again for your time. I super appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. Good. And if you guys go to her page, click on the link and see what classes she has available so that you can step up your Instagram game and your behind the chair game. So we will see you guys on the next one.